Welcome to A Vague Knowledge of Everything. I am Rosie. I'm Hope. Sorry, I just took a big swig of smoothie. <laughs> uh, I am currently drinking raspberry leaf tea, which tastes like grass. Mm. Uh, Why does your raspberry the- tea taste like grass? Well, because it just tastes that way. I don't know. Because um, it's the, like the leaves don't taste like raspberries. <laughs> it's the berries that taste like raspberries. Schnozberries taste like schnozberries. But the, generally, like, you find that the good for you teas don't make any effort to, like, taste like something palatable, really. I mean, it's not, it's not horrible. It's just, like, not something I would choose to drink. But I'm drinking it now because it's the end of my pregnancy and it's supposed to help with... Um, strengthening the uterus and like helping with making an easier labor it's like one of the couple homeopathic things I'm doing I'm also drinking some nettle tea each day which has similar properties I'm also taking primrose oil which I think we mentioned on the last one and I'm also mm-hmm. eating dates <laughs> which is supposed to it's supposed to help with uh having an easier labor and having a quicker recovery time like there is like some data on this stuff it's not a whole lot so it is considered kind of like hippy dippy crunchy stuff (laughs) yeah but it's also like it's not harmful especially if like at this point in my pregnancy so right um so you're on the and also tea just hydrates me so yeah you're on the chris traeger path right now (laughs) where he's like this is so good for you it tastes terrible Except for, uh, true, except for I have a little bit of the balance. I'm like the, the Chris Traeger plus Ann Perkins uh, because I have doing all the healthy stuff, but I also ate like half of a family size bag of peanut butter M&M's. <laughs> <laughs> so. We had to ban those. We had to ban peanut M&M's from my mom's house because I have a problem with, um, I need to eat not just one. I have like 14 in my mouth at a time and I would choke on them and be like, ha ha ha. And then keep going. This was like last year. Like this was not as a child. I have a problem. <laughs> you really yeah, are. I a... actually had the peanut butter M&Ms next to me when I was podcasting yesterday. But today I was like, I can't do that. <laughs> you really are the Chris Traeger and Perkins combination. Yeah. I feel like Chris and I in general are like that as a couple. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. That's a good way to be. He's he's not as like intense about health as Chris Traeger well, yeah. is. Because no one is. Chris Traeger's a caricature. Yeah. Um, Okay. Toph is also here listening. Oh, hi, Toph. Purring very loud. Okay. Very cats. What are we talking about? Yeah, my my cat's been super... just, just before that my cats have been super cuddly especially admiral and uh i had texted or not texted i snapchatted hope earlier today because i was like <laughs> they say that when your animals like won't leave you alone that you might be close to labor but admiral literally always won't leave me alone stage five so <laughs> I, yeah she's a stage five clinger so it, like it doesn't matter it's i actually saw eliza schlesinger posting something about that the other day because she's at like if i'm at 36 weeks she's at like 39 weeks yeah yeah she's she's about three weeks ahead of me i think um which has been great throughout my pregnancy because it's <laughs> like getting someone to commiserate in a funny way yeah. <laughs> with what's going on but yeah she keeps having a posting Instagram stories of her dog and being like, what do you know? <laughs> In that voice where she's like, what do you know? <laughs> oh, I'm putting your dog's impression. mouth in your mouth, you weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yes, today we are going to talk about 
what to expect at prenatal appointments. And we'll also talk about some of the weird shit that happens to you when you're pregnant. Okay, so whether you're trying to get pregnant or like it's one of those situations where you're like, if it happens, it happens, but like we're not like trying or not trying, we're just not preventing it. Mm-hmm. So you feel weird, different, period, stop. Something happens to signal to you like something might have changed. You get a positive pregnancy test. You should probably take more than one, correct? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if it matters if you take more than one, because like they, they will test you mm-hmm. <laughs> when you're there to make sure that you are, you're not just imagining it. But uh, I, I took five. That was probably overkill. <laughs> probably didn't need to take five. Uh, but I mean, like, just because like any kind of little test you're doing like that, like does have some margin of error, like mm-hmm. sure, probably a good idea to take more than one, I would say. My mom... So we were talking about things that we pay full price or name brand for. And my dad <laughs> said, my dad said, tires, toilet paper, auto and life insurance. And my mom piped it at one point. We were teenagers and said pregnancy tests. And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. So Dr. Yep. Mommy says to buy the, buy the good stuff for pregnancy. So you take, you get it. You take one to five. They'll say <laughs> positive. Or if you're in a movie, you spend like $200 on pregnancy tests because in movies, they always buy so many. And those are, they're not as expensive as they used to be. They used to be like 10 or 15 bucks each, but like still they're expensive. Yeah. So this this specific podcast is definitely supported by the movie Knocked Up. Whenever she goes (laughs) and she's drinking that Sobe water. What the fuck is this? I think you picked up the wrong one. Oh, thank God. (laughs) Sorry. <laughs> anyway, so then do you call your doctor and say, or your OBGYN, your whoever, mm-hmm. say, I got positive pregnancy tests. And then do they schedule you for like the next week off the next week or like the next day? Like how does it depend on the doctor? It probably depends on the doctor. Um, I, I didn't have a current OBGYN because the one I had had before had retired and I just hadn't gotten a new one yet. Um, also, I had gotten on Chris's insurance just so, so I had a different insurance and I was still figuring that stuff out. Um, I got, I, yeah, I called pretty much one of the only places in Erie that does this, um, which is, well, I guess I'm not saying say the name of it, but anyway, I called one of the, one of the only places that is like specializing in pregnancy care and that kind of stuff. Um, called them, said, I need to get set up with someone because I am pregnant and I think I'm this far along etc and they asked me if I wanted a midwife or an OBGYN um I didn't at that point realize that midwives were an option but I was like yeah sure I'll take a midwife so I'll go the route uh, (laughs) they scheduled me I think it was like two weeks out actually because I wasn't like there wasn't anything concerning Mm -hmm. at this point like I didn't have like if it it, might have been something where they had been more concerned if I was like say diabetic or if I had like some kind of other like ongoing health concern but since I generally don't have those uh, they scheduled me for a couple weeks out just because that's what their schedule could allow for and then I went and did my first one. What is that when they do the (laughs) beer and the cold gel up your lady bit? (laughs) They, uh, so they do, uh, yeah, 
this is, this is a good thing to talk about. Um, so you don't get a sonogram at every appointment, but early on, you're more likely to get a sonogram. Um, I actually looked it up because I realized that I had heard ultrasound and sonogram and I didn't know what the difference was. Um, according to babycenter.com, the term ultrasound refers to the procedure of using waves to create an image of an area inside the body, while a sonogram is the actual image that's produced. So basically you have an ultrasound to create a sonogram. Oh. The former results in the latter. Um, my providers are always calling it a sonogram. So that's what I'm going to refer to it as. But <laughs> just so everyone knows, it's I'm, they're basically interchangeable in terms of what it means. Like you right. come up with the same result. So, oops, sorry, I just like pulled myself forward and almost spilled all my tea in my lap. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, uh, you get... Uh, you get more sonograms earlier on. Um, it's it's always something where like you want to get one every time, but you shouldn't need them later in your pregnancy. And also because everything bills your insurance, you're only going to get them when you need them, which is dictated by your doctor and your insurance. I've thought a lot about being pregnant just because I would, I want to be pregnant, but I'm not sure if I want to have a kid. Does that make sense? Like I want to see what that experience is like, but I'm not sure if I want the result from it, which is really weird. Like, it's just like a thing. Like, it's like. Well, maybe next time like you blood. can be pregnant and I'll just take the kid. Back. I'll carry your baby. I don't care. But just thinking about like how that is what my body's set up for, you know, it might not mm-hmm. be what like me myself is set up for and being a mom or a parent. But, like, I'd like to see what my body would be like in carrying a baby, but I'm not sure if I want to be a parent. So I've thought a lot about like what it would be like to be pregnant and just like you have first off you have this secret that just you know for a little bit because there is a period when you know and Chris doesn't Mm -hmm. and then you don't tell anybody for however long you decide not to tell people because 80% of miscarriages happen in the first trimester Mm -hmm. so like you have this very big thing but it could be taken away from you and like thinking about that and stuff like what was that weird like was it weird to know this and like you couldn't tell anybody I guess not in the pandemic but like just in general um so for me it was strange because Chris wasn't here (laughs) he was was actually uh so one one of the ships that he works with because he like has been sort of captaining both over the course of last year Mm -hmm. uh because one of them was not doing sailing and the other one was so it worked out but uh, he he had taken one of the ships to uh, a period where it was being hauled out in Cleveland, um, exotic Cleveland, as I like to say. Uh, and he was uh, he was there with that. It was a much it was a shorter period of time, which is why I didn't end up going with them in cooking. Um, they mostly just ate out, I think. But uh, mm-hmm. but anyway, so he was he was there. And it was actually like the day before they were coming back, but like they're coming back would take all day. So it would end up being like two days before I saw him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can't just hold this by myself <laughs> for two days. Like I can't, yeah. I can't do it. Like I would have loved to like, wait till he came back and do like sort of like a fun way of, of telling him. But I was like, you know what? It's, it's fun either way because I get to tell him that this thing that we've been hoping for is happening. Yeah. So I texted him earlier that morning and I was like, Hey, can we FaceTime? later on and he was like yeah sure tonight so (laughs) I had to wait all day and then uh 
he FaceTimed me and it was pretty much the first thing I said. So I was like, so surprised I'm pregnant. No. <laughs> and I, I took a, uh, I took a screenshot of his like reaction face. So I do have that, which is nice. <laughs> was he uh, like, <laughs> he was, I think he started crying. It was very sweet. <laughs> yeah. Did you start crying when you found out? Like whenever your stick finally said like pregnant instead of not pregnant, were you like, oh shit. I don't. I don't know. I don't think that I started crying. I think I just like laid down on the couch and was just <laughs> thinking about being pregnant. I just and laid down about came it. And sat with me. <laughs> or oh, fucking Horatio peed on me. That's right. Oh my god! I, that was one of the few times I'd given him catnip because I because oh, I didn't have any pregnancy tests in the house, mm. but I like didn't feel like going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I got a grocery delivery. Do with Instacart like, one? Yeah, I got some food. Yeah, I got some food and some pregnancy tests. <laughs> um, and I had I gave him like some catnip to entertain him or whatever. And then after I took the pregnancy test, I lay down on the couch and he peed on me. Oh my god! He doesn't handle his catnip. That's so intense. Yeah, it's it was fun. So so part of the time right after I found out I was pregnant, I was putting stuff in the wash because it had cat pee on it so you know good good parenting uh practice there what a day for you yeah yeah, it was great so yeah so it it is weird to like have it as a secret it's nicer when people know because you can also then like you know if you're having a hard time with stuff you just be like I'm pregnant so you know that's what's going on (laughs) You know, you don't have to be like, well, I don't feel well. No, it's fine. I don't think it's the flu. <laughs> like, I don't think it's COVID. <laughs> All that. But yeah. So, so at your first, uh, we're talking about sonograms. Um, oh, at your sorry. first appointment, <laughs> at your first appointment, you'll get a sonogram. Uh, and usually because it's really hard to see it from the outside because the like because it's not a baby at that point like Mm -hmm. when you're six eight weeks along it's like yeah it's it's a very very small uh basically like there's an egg sac and like the beginnings of the stuff that's starting I can't remember this it's an embryo yeah it's an embryo yeah it's an embryo and an egg sac basically um real small (laughs) like looks like a grain of rice on the screen um so usually what they do for those because it is so hard to see from the outside is they'll put uh they'll put this tool inside that does the same thing but because it goes inside it can get closer um and they do hi Horatio yeah I was talking about you (laughs) Um, shit (laughs) that's why you don't get catnip anymore (laughs) uh and uh yeah so they put that piece inside or if the the person doing the the sonogram is like is nice and you know helpful and all that they will be like would you like to put it in yourself to make it Mm. more comfortable and all that which is nice I think that's what they should do um and so they they put that in usually it has um because it's hooked up to something it'll have like a covering on it uh and so that you're not just like putting it in there and they don't have to like sanitize everything as much all the time I'm sure they still sanitize it, but it's going to be like a yeah. lot more laborious of a process if you're putting it in without anything on it. So <laughs> they'll put it on like a condom, a condom on it, <laughs> not an actual condom, but something like that. A medical um, condom. And, yeah. And then they'll put some lube on it, put it in there uh, or have you put it in there. And then 
they move it around in ways that are very uncomfortable. Um, it's not, it's not fun to get an internal ultrasound. I did not enjoy the process. Uh, it's necessary because, you know, you want to make sure that uh, at that point that the heart is beating, you want to make sure that everything looks good, all that. And the way that they can do that is by doing the ultrasound and producing that sonogram picture. So yeah, so it happens internally at first. It's a real relief when it gets to the point where they can do the outside because it's just so much more comfortable to have right. something like, yeah, cold and whatever on your belly than like up inside you. <laughs> what was Chris um, doing whenever you were getting yeah. that done? Was he just there like, is this okay? He was sitting like there watching the monitor. <laughs> I mean, like that's... You know, they, they put it up on the monitor and they explain, like, this is what this is, this is what this is. And, you know, yeah, just sitting there watching. <laughs> um, it, it is something I think that's cool for the partner to go see because mm -hmm. there's nothing for them to see at that point. There's no protruding belly, any right. of that. <laughs> they can see that you're feeling sick and that, like, in right. my case, you can't eat anything but watermelon and crackers. But, like, cool. it's nice for them to, like, actually see there's something growing yeah. in there. Um, so yeah, that was, uh, that was a lot of fun. The first time I did it and being sarcastic, it wasn't fun. <laughs> and <laughs> the first appointment you go to, um, so the sonogram isn't usually, it won't usually be the first thing. Um, the first appointment you go to, they'll probably have you do a lot of paperwork first thing, yeah. which is, it's not super fun, but it makes sense. Um, it's all stuff that you need to do. Um, if you are a person who, like if you have a partner who's in the picture and is going to come to the appointments, like that's totally awesome. If they can't come to like many appointments because maybe they have limited time off and you need to figure it out. Mm -hmm. um, I would highly recommend that they come to this first appointment if possible yeah, uh, because they need to get as much information as they can about both of the biological parents. So oh. yeah, because like, let's remember it's not just you and your medical history it's also your partner's medical history um if, if your partner is the other parent of the child so they need to find out like you know it does this you know does does either partner have a history of diabetes or other certain medical conditions that could contribute to something happening uh with the growing fetus in there you have to figure out histories of addiction particularly with the mother that's a good thing to know Ooh. history of mental illness um certain physical conditions uh and some particular genetic markers uh, oh which, yeah isn't this where like the mom's body might reject the baby if you don't do like hormonal therapy or something like that or genetic therapy i think therapy? there are some things like that i don't know specifically which conditions okay um the condition i'm thinking of in particular which is one where um they, they won't like do any genetic testing if there's not a reason to mm -hmm. usually but uh like one instance of something that is really important to know is if either or both of you are carriers of the Tay-Sachs gene yeah um that is something that for people who don't know it's predominantly gonna run in ethnic groups like people of eastern and central european descent um particularly uh, Eastern, Eastern and Central European Jewish descent or French Canadian ancestry, which is wow. interesting. It, it runs specifically in pretty small pockets 
um, of some ethnic groups, but if both parents carry the gene, there's a 25% chance of it being carried on to their child. And if the child gets a, that gene from both of their parents, it's fatal, basically. Oh my God. So that's, yeah, it's really, it's really not good. And it's, it's something where like the child can still be born, but they might not live past two. Aww. So it's definitely something you're going to want to know about. It's very rare. Um, the good thing about it is that if you, if just one of you has it, it you're fine. Like, yeah, th that's <clears throat> fine. It, it can be passed on. That's totally fine. And there's also a 75% chance, even if both of you had it, that it doesn't get carried on, but it just does tell them, like, if you know that one or both of you has this gene that like, if one of you has it, the other one should probably be tested to make sure, like, if both of you know, you have it, you need to keep an eye on the baby. You need to do genetic testing to figure out what's going on. The parents need to be aware of that, but it's also something that it's well known and it's been well known for long enough that most people are going to know if they have it, right. like their parents will know and they'll be able to tell them. So anyway, but that's the kind of thing that they're looking for is medical histories that could be concerning in a way. Mm -hmm. I don't want to scare people with the stuff about Tay-Sachs, but it's just like, you know, it's a good thing to, to know that there are things that have nothing to do with your health or the way you feel mm -hmm. that could get passed on to your kid and could make for some difficulties. Right. Uh, but anyway, so there's, there's a huge amount of paperwork at this first appointment to figure all that stuff out. Um, yeah, they, they do that. They do all, of course, like your insurance information, mm -hmm. stuff like that. Uh, you know, they need to get you set up in their system for all that. Are they already asking you if you want to do like what kind of birth you want, like a home birth or a hospital birth at this point, or is it too soon? I think, I think they did. Like they asked us if we had any idea about that, like, cause they do sort of check in with you about that stuff to make sure that it's known mm -hmm. what your wishes are as you progress. I can't remember if they asked us at the first appointment, but it was fairly early. They started talking about that. Uh, which is good because it's good stuff to think about. You don't want to get to the end and be like, oh, I don't know. I don't have yeah. a plan. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, after the first appointment, luckily the paperwork goes down to a minimum because they did so much at the first appointment. Right. They shouldn't have to keep having you fill out like packets and packets and packets of information. Uh, so generally your appointments after that will go a lot faster. Um, that first appointment can be like, two, two and a half hours, probably. Uh, so it's a big chunk of time. Uh, your next appointments after that, assuming things aren't really backed up, probably won't take more than half an hour. Um, so those have been fairly quick. A lot of them even go by quicker, particularly if you have a provider who's trying to rush you out. Um, oh. Luckily, we don't right now. So it's so our appointments take a little bit longer just because we ask questions and that kind of yeah. stuff. Uh, but the first thing that happens usually, um, and this is from my experience, so not every experience is going to be the same, but uh, what I experienced was the first thing they always did was ask me if I could provide a urine sample, which I'm very good at, not to break. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but <laughs> since uh, Hope and I have both worked on uh, sailing <laughs> ships where the Coast Guard required like the whole crew yeah. to get like, like we're required to do pre-employment drug tests and occasionally you get random ones as well. Oh yeah. Um, they randomly tested the kitchen staff a lot. So hmm, mm. wonder if that's random, but, <laughs> but, 
but anyway, so because of that, I have been urine tested many times. Um, never because I did anything wrong, just because just that's because. the thing I had to do. So I got pretty good at knowing like when I need to drink the liquids and how mm-hmm. much I need to have and like all that kind of stuff. So, you know, we'll pat myself on the back for that. Uh, <laughs> I'm always able to give a urine sample at the beginning because, <laughs> you know, that's just how I am. Uh, so they asked you if you can give a urine sample. I assume that if you can't, then that they're just like, okay, we'll have some water. And then at the end, we'll do it. Um, I realized like pretty late into my pregnancy that I didn't really know exactly what it was they were testing for and they don't really tell you like unless you ask (laughs) um I like because all of my testing before had been for drugs in my mind I was like oh it's it's drug test obviously it's a drug test (laughs) um it's not a drug test (laughs) part of it might be well it's it's generally not I think that they usually aren't drug testing unless there is a reason to yeah um there you know like there's a reason that you would be under suspicion or something like that Mm -hmm. um they do I know they do test you probably not by your urine but by your blood uh when you give birth they do drug tests like that Mm. but at your appointments when you're giving a urine sample what are they testing for well I will tell you do tell uh first of all they'll test you for glucose otherwise known as sugar in your urine Elevated levels could mean that you might have gestational diabetes. It also could just be like randomly the day and whatever you had for breakfast. So uh, they won't diagnose you just based on a urine sample. Um, What they will do is um, they'll have you do a one hour glucose test. Usually that comes later in the pregnancy. For me, I had one earlier. I had one earlier and later, but I had one earlier partially because of my BMI, because that's what they like to do. Uh, refer back to our other episode for how I feel about that. Uh, <laughs> they also uh, will do that if you have a history of diabetes in your family, which I think did contribute to me getting a, like a pretty, uh, <laughs> get, getting a one hour glucose like pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically what that test is for anyone who doesn't know is they send you home uh, on the appointment with a uh, this little bottle of basically like it's sugar water that's flavored (laughs) like it's like lemon lime or orange or something like that or like fruit punch I don't know um basically it's like it's kind of like Gatorade except for it doesn't taste as good it's it's sweeter and it feels kind of thicker in in when you're drinking it like viscous not like not like super super thick but it just feels like just slightly thicker than it should be where you're like ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> like the texture is, like is a little bit off and now like I want to die thin syrup yeah no it's just very strange um most people really don't like it um I generally didn't have an issue but I would always like just drink it real fast um I had to do several of these tests so um I did get good at it um I would recommend the orange flavor over the lemon lime I think the orange was easier to just like get down but that's just me anyway um so if they give you a choice (laughs) I would say that also um make sure that it is refrigerated um basically when you go in from that appointment put it in your refrigerator make sure that you take it with you to your next appointment because that's when they need to do the testing uh they'll basically have you drink it either it depends on like what your appointment is going to be doing the next time 
Um, they mm -hmm. might have you drink it before you get there and take note of the time that you finish it. You have to drink it all within five minutes. Um, or they might just have you drink it like at check-in in front of them. Oh. So um, yeah, you do either one. It just depends on their timing and what they're doing. Um, so if it's going to be a longer appointment, they might have you drink it just like when you get there so that like later on an hour later, they can test your blood. Um, but it is a blood test. Blood. So it needs to happen. Um, it needs to happen an hour. Like the one hour glucose test happens one hour after you drink that. And it's just to see how your body reacts to having a bunch of sugar water. Like, are you dealing with sugar <laughs> properly in your body? And if you're not, that could mean that you have gestational diabetes. <laughs> you have to be the alien at the beginning of Men in Black when he's like, sugar water, more. <laughs> and yeah, his wife you have to have like, a lot of sugar water. And his wife was like, your face is falling off. <laughs> I haven't seen Men in Black in a long time. It's so good. <laughs> Yeah. So, so that's the one hour glucose test, which like they, they pr probably won't make you do earlier on unless you have one of those indications that means you're maybe more at risk. Um, so they also then might have you do a three hour if your, <laughs> if your uh, glucose test comes back a little bit high, like I had, so I had one that came back fine. And then later on, they had me take another one because you can develop it later on. Mm -hmm. That one came back just slightly high. So they had me do a three hour which is the worst because so for that one, you have to fast, um, oh. which for me, I just, I did the fasting basically at night, um, which was fine. So it's oh. basically like 12 hours. I think you're fasting. Um, and then you go to the appointment, but you can't eat while, and you're there for over three hours because it's a three hour thing. Um, you go there, you, uh, you probably, I think you get your blood take, taken without it. Then you do, you like pound it in front of them so that they know that you've had all the sugar water. <laughs> You're not allowed to eat. And then they take your blood sugar three more times. Um, it's, they're spaced an hour apart and there is nothing else to do <laughs> in the middle of it because all they need to do is take your blood three times. It doesn't take that much time to take your blood. So it's a lot of you just like sitting in the waiting room for an hour waiting to get your blood drawn again and being hungry and thinking about all the food you want to eat uh so so anyway so, one of the what go ahead and additionally this is for a non-high risk pregnancy which is whenever you are what they consider obese or over the age of 35 it yeah. is unfortunate yeah, the over 35 is considered advanced maternal age. Are you it's not. Like I it <laughs> is, but like it the science also says that like yeah. it's not this huge fertility cliff that you like fall off of. I don't think it's about fertility. I think it's about how your body re reacts to pregnancy. Uh, but I don't I don't know a whole lot about that. I am interested to see what uh again to mention Eliza Schlesinger I'm interested to see if she has anything to say about that in what like, I'm sure will be a great comedy special coming out about pregnancy because she usually does kind of themed ones and uh I'm sure that, that there will be one about pregnancy and all that but anyway so yeah the first thing that they're or one of the things they'll be testing your urine for whenever you get a, your urine sample is uh the glucose and it is because gestational diabetes can be dangerous if it's not managed. Um, assuming they catch it, it can be managed. But it's one of the things where like the first and easiest way that they can see if this might be an issue is from your urine. 
Ooh. Ooh. Forgive me if I <laughs> run out of breath because it's <laughs> the sitting is not the easiest thing to do right now. She's pushing on your lungs. Yeah, she's raising the roof. <laughs> Apparently, the according to a new study published in the Journal of the American Medical Association, the reproductive years for women in the United States has increased from 35 to 37.1. The study Ooh. looked at a 60-year trends. The study looked at 60-year trends in reproductive lifespans and found that the average of menopause has gone up, while the average of the first period had gone down. So, Miss Stacy, you can have it, please. Well, assuming that like that we don't like suddenly accidentally get pregnant right away again, which like we would be fine with, but <laughs> it's not the plan. Um, I'll happen. probably be above 35 when I have my next uh, pregnancy, which will yeah. be interesting. But like if you're 34 at the beginning of your pregnancy and you have a birthday and you turn 35 in the middle of your pregnancy, something that wasn't high risk all of a sudden is suddenly high risk. Is high risk? I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, it's... <sighs> Yeah, these things, like, I understand why they have statistics about these things that kind of help them, mm-hmm. them judge this stuff because there are trends that happen, but at the same time, some of it feels pretty arbitrary. Yeah. So moving back to urine. So we're still at the first <laughs> thing that happens in most of uh, your <laughs> appointments. Uh, another thing they test for is the protein in your urine. Um, excessive protein could mean a UTI, could mean kidney damage or another disorder. Um, also, especially later in pregnancy, excessive protein coupled with higher than normal blood pressure could mean preeclampsia. That's um, oh, uncommon, but it's dangerous, needs to be managed, and it may possibly result in a C-section. If anyone out there watches uh, Downton Abbey, uh, spoiler alert if you haven't um, that's what Lady Sybil died of was preeclampsia so oh. it is a thing that can be very dangerous um, I believe it's more dangerous to the mother than the child but that's one of the things they test for um, and I believe there are other tests they do afterwards it's not just like you have a little elevated protein a little elevated blood pressure and suddenly you have preeclampsia like it's mm-hmm. they have to do more testing right uh, they also test your urine for bacteria which could be signs of UTI because UTIs are really, they're, they're like more dangerous during pregnancy. You could have a completely asymptomatic UTI and still get like a full-blown kidney infection. Oh, so that's fun. And you're peeing for um, two now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And you're peeing a lot more. <laughs> they also test your urine for ketones, which are produced when the body starts breaking down stored or ingested fat for energy. That can happen if you're not getting enough carbohydrates or if you're very dehydrated, high levels of ketone in urine is a bad sign during pregnancy. And it could mean that you need intravenous medication and fluids, particularly if you can't keep food down and you're losing weight. Um, Also high ketone levels in addition to high glucose could also mean gestational diabetes. Please don't go on the keto diet if you're pregnant. Just don't go on the keto diet also. Also, please just don't do it. It's not. It was made. It's not good. With <laughs> epilepsy. Epilepsy. It was made for kids with yeah. epilepsy. That's what the keto mm-hmm. diet was made for. So, like, if you're not a child yeah. with epilepsy, just don't do it. <laughs> it's yeah. And and I know there's people out there, but like, well, I lost weight on the keto <laughs> diet. It's like, yes, you can lose weight on diets and have them still not be healthy for you. <laughs> anyway, but this isn't about diets, it's about pregnancy. Uh, <laughs> so the next thing after your urine test 
Um, you may get a sonogram. As I said, you don't get one at every appointment. Um, and as the pregnancy progresses, the number of sonograms decrease. That's kind of annoying because it's fun to see the baby on the monitor, but also mm -hmm. like they should decrease because you shouldn't need to get more later on. If you are getting one, like I'm getting one next week, it's not because something's wrong. It's just because they want to test to see or not test. They want to look and see to make sure I still have enough amniotic fluid, yeah. because if I didn't, that would be something that they would need to consider and maybe consider inducing me earlier. But we have no reason to believe that it's not. It's just out of an abundance of caution. Does it ever blow your mind? <laughs> thinking about how people have been having babies since like humans existed <laughs> and we know so much about this but like people were just having babies when we didn't know anything yeah and it seemed to work it's out. kind of terrifying <laughs> to think about that because like like just looking around our nursery I'm like I know we don't need all of this stuff that we quote unquote need right I still got all of the recommended things like mm -hmm. Oh, like the recommended stuff for like recovering from a vaginal birth. This part might be gross. So fast forward if you're grossed out by fluid <laughs> stuff, but like apparently it takes quite a while. It can take like three to six weeks mm -hmm. to completely heal down there. Like even if you don't get an episiotomy, which I was yeah. like, oh, really? I thought that that was mostly because of stitches. Like, no, it's not. It's nope. because of all of the stretching and all of that, which makes sense. Like it's going through, it's going through a lot down there. Trauma. But like there's uh like if you look on pregnancy tiktok and you have the people saying like like i have this this and this and this blah 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 i'm like oh my gosh like yeah i want to get all of that stuff what happened when people didn't have all this shit like two generations ago like even one generation ago maybe like people didn't have this much right. but like two generations ago like definitely my grandmothers didn't have things like peri bottles to help like you know squirt water down there instead of wiping they probably wouldn't yep. have had like the ice pack maxi pads where you can just like yep. break it and it gets cold they probably didn't have like you know like like I get I've got like witch hazel pads to line the underwear with because yeah. apparently that helps soothe mm -hmm. like Wait, yeah, like even painkillers you yeah. didn't have an option to have an epidural birth because you just were gonna have a baby yeah or they used to like in in between times like after they did have pain medications you get knocked out yeah which sounds not good like they do in the crown like, where they're like you'll wake up and have yeah. a baby and it's like oh. they apparently that happened with uh i don't know if it was my mom or one of her siblings but like my grandmother was pissed <laughs> It's probably my mom because I think then she was like, I'm fucking staying home next time because I'm not having them knock me out. Yeah. <laughs> my mom, so Faith was my mom's first baby and she was coming out breech, which means she's coming out. She was coming out butt first instead of head first. So mm -hmm. like the doctor was like, I can try to stick my hand up in there and move her around or we can do a C-section. My mom's like, let's do a C-section. But she says that like, if they had been born before modern, if she had been born before modern medicine, that like both her and my mom would have died. Like they wouldn't have made it through that birth. That would have been in. Yeah. It's crazy. I, it is crazy to think about. And it's just like, yeah, there's just so, we've come so far. We know so much. <laughs> yeah, we know so much. I'm really thankful that we've come so far, you know, like even, 
even with my like sort of crunchy tendencies, I'm like, <laughs> I'm really happy that we've come as far as we have. Yeah. So that I have all of the resources that I have. And like, mm-hmm. I think I feel probably much more ready than women were in the past, you know? Yeah. Well, they didn't know how not ready they were. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, like I'll be in a hospital giving, giving birth, like we're 15 minutes away. We're not going any further away until after <laughs> the birth. So like, you know, there's basically no chance, knock on wood, that I won't make it to the hospital. Like we'll have a hospital birth, have people taking care of all my vitals. I we're gonna have someone there specifically for like my mental health and all of that. Oh, like dope. Yeah, like, well, because it's the doula. Like that's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what the doula's there for. So like, yeah, I mean, I have all of that stuff and it's still like I do feel ready to do it. It's still gonna be stressful. And it's still going to be stressful with all of that. Like imagine not having any of that. That would be, that'd be a nightmare. But anyway, uh, back to prenatal appointments. Uh, (laughs) The next thing that happens after you get your urine test um, and your sonogram, if you're getting one, um, is that you go see your provider uh, that will be either a doctor or a midwife, um, specifically an OBGYN or a midwife. and those appointments can vary really just depending on who the person is. Like I had a lot of variation just depending on which midwife it was. Um, we talked about that a little bit in the last episode, but the midwife we ended up with, I think is great. I think she's the best of the four that we've seen cool. um, in terms of our, <laughs> in terms of our experience and our feeling like she was, you know, engaged and like interested in making sure that all of our questions were answered and that we had all the information we needed. Um, it's a lot of these appointments are them measuring your belly because they need to measure and see like, I guess they can tell if the size is progressing the way it should based on these measurements. I don't know the specifics of it, but they'll measure your belly. Um, if there's any other sort of physical examination you need to do, they'll do that. Mm. Um, they will oftentimes listen to the heartbeat, particularly if you didn't get a sonogram, um, they'll like take the little baby Doppler thing and uh, listen, <laughs> that's what it's called. <laughs> so or it's called cute. like a fetal heart rate monitor, but you refer to it as baby Doppler, but it's, uh, <laughs> they'll put that on your belly, listen to the heart rate, make sure that it's all good. And I assume if it's not all good, then they probably will get have you get a sonogram. Mm-hmm. Um, there might be another kind of test that they want to do. Like um, at my 36 week, I got uh, a culture taken, which is just like, they just need to swab down there to get uh <laughs> <laughs> to get some of your juices uh, so that they can <laughs> test and see if you have certain bacteria. Um, it's, it's called a strep B test. And it's basically, mm. it's bacteria where like I could be carrying it and it would have nothing, no bad repercussions on my health, but it might be something that wouldn't be great for the baby. So if they find that I do carry that bacteria, basically they just would have um, some medication for the baby to make sure that it didn't affect them. So anyway so they'll do that they'll ask you do you have any questions um if you have a good person there they will make sure that they're not rushing you out they will ask you they will like answer every question you have to the fullest that they can um and if you unfortunately don't have a great provider they maybe won't do that which i've heard that there's a lot of that 
going around in uh, pregnancy health. So if you are in that situation, um, I really feel for you. Please understand that you are always, uh, you always have the right to ask for a different provider. It might not change that problem. It, it depends on the practice, honestly, but you do have that right. Mm. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Um, after <laughs> after you see the midwife so the, the the midwife or the doctor that's a very small part of the or not very small but it's like it, it's only one part of the appointment you see like four different people maybe depending on what you're getting um after you see your doctor or midwife you may end up getting blood work done it's not always necessary but I had them at a lot of my appointments, particularly early on. I haven't had them at the last couple because I think they've tested everything they need to test. Um, sometimes they will be drawing blood for a specific screening, which some patients opt in or out of because of their beliefs or because of insurance coverage, all that kind of stuff. Like we had a test where they were like, this one's not super necessary, but you might want to get it just because. And we're like, all right, we'll check and see if our insurance covers it. And it was going to cost $900. Yeah. And we're like, well, we don't have any indications that there's anything wrong. Right. So we'll just forego that one because there's a later one that will also give us the same results. So, right. um, yeah. So being in the U S <laughs> if you're outside the U S being in the U S sucks because our insurance is because so many system. reasons, because so many reasons anyway. Uh, so that's, that's basically, that's why they'll have you see the, per, the phlebotomist, the person who's drawing blood last is theoretically your provider is going to talk to you about the screening. So you'll know how to answer them. If they're asking, like, do you want to get the NIPT test? Because then they'll need to take another vial of blood. Mm -hmm. Um, so they might not inform you of what you were being tested for. Um, I, don't think I was ever informed of what I was being tested for. Um, it, it was something I could access online afterwards, but I'm kind of lazy about doing that stuff. Um, <laughs> also, also my particular provider, basically, if there is anything concerning, uh, a, like a real life person will call you on the phone and like have you schedule another appointment to address whatever it is that's concerning. Like if you had a higher than uh, ideal glucose level. Like a real person called me and was like, we want to schedule you for a three, a three hour glucose so that we can just rule out gestational diabetes or manage it if we need to. Smart. Um, yeah. Um, uh, but if they don't find anything concerning, I'll just get a call with a recorded voice being like, your test results are available. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, that's great. I don't need to look at them though, because I know that they're fine <laughs> because nobody <laughs> called me right. in real life. Uh, the testing you get during this um, is, I actually ended up looking this up because, because I didn't know. Um, testing is done for diseases like HIV, syphilis, hepatitis B. Um, those are things that could be really bad for pregnancy. It's also just really good to know if you have mm -hmm. uh, a sexually transmitted infection. So uh, yeah, those are some of those things. They also will test if you have immunity to rubella, which is also oh. called the German measles. Most of us, at least in the US, will have immunity because especially if you weren't homeschooled, I know like some homeschoolers don't have the same vaccines um, as those of us who went to school, but like I had to get the MMR vaccine. The R stands for rubella. Like I got that vaccine when I was younger. So I know that I have that immunity. Um, 
The only thing that's going to be an issue if you don't have immunity for it is going to be that they're going to tell you you can't travel to certain areas because there may be more of a prevalence. Um, it is what it is. Uh, you can't get the MMR vaccine while you're pregnant, though. Um, which that's not true of all vaccines, but it's not true of the COVID vaccines, by the way. Oh, and while I'm talking about vaccines, um, I just want to put it out there. If anyone is concerned about being able to conceive when you have your, uh, if you've had your COVID shot, uh, I will just tell you that we were trying since before we were vaccinated. We actually didn't end up conceiving until after we were both fully vaccinated. So... I mean, it's anecdotal evidence, but it's there. <laughs> um, and we've gotten our boosters. Nothing bad has happened. I mean, knock on wood, but nothing bad has happened. So anyway, um, I, I would highly recommend that if you are able to get vaccinated and you're pregnant that you do so because, yeah, because it's because it can be more dangerous um, to you to not be vaccinated than to get vaccinated. But... Anyway, I'll, I'll go on and from not there. so waxed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, vaxxed and, and not waxed. <laughs> <laughs> I I have shaved my legs, but I'm not a waxer. Proud of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's uh I have to take a bath in order to do it now. I can't I, I can't deal. I can't stand on one leg and not be scared. One vaccination um, that they actually will give you as long as you consent to it when you're pregnant is the the whooping cough vaccine, Ooh. which uh, is something that that you should get just because it can be dangerous for infants because uh, yeah because it's more dangerous for infants than it is for when you're older when you're like a child or an adult uh, and it's also something that we're asking people to get if they are being around our baby. Oh, I gotta get uh, that. I, yeah, Chris went to get that the other day and found that, um, I guess there was, either there was an issue with our insurance coverage changing or something, but he, it was going to be like 80 bucks. And so he's like, I'm just going to go to my doctor. Cause I don't think it's going to be that expensive there. So anyway, just, uh, if you didn't know that, but, uh, yeah, so the whooping cough vaccine, they just gave me one at my appointment. I didn't have to get a separate appointment for it, which I thought was nice. Um, Another thing they'll test your blood for is its type, um, O, A, B, or A, B, uh, which I actually don't for certain know my blood type. I'm pretty sure care. it's O. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's O, but I, I have to remember to ask them just so that I actually know. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris has kind of a rare one. It's a B positive, I believe. Aren't um, you the is... universal donor? Yeah, uh, yeah as, assuming that I'm O, which I think I am based on my parents' blood types um because my dad was b negative and my mom was o negative so i think i'm probably mm-hmm. o but anyway so they'll test your blood for that so if you're like me and you've never had an opportunity to find out uh <laughs> that's a good thing you can find out what blood type you are when you're if you donate blood but for a while every fucking time i tried to go donate blood i couldn't because i had either gotten a tattoo within the last year or i'd been to a place where they were upset about me going there and I tried want me to donate blood. I tried donating blood and pretty much passed out immediately. So I cannot give blood oh, that's either. <laughs> so that's, that's fun. fun. I used to, I don't have any issues with needles because I used to donate uh, plasma. Well, donate in quotes because they actually pay you for it. Um, mm-hmm. It's a good thing for college students to do because you can go there and just like 
watch a movie do your homework and like yeah (laughs) get like 25 bucks for some plasma um all right let me see uh they also test if your blood is rh negative which is something i had never heard of um that's ooh. this might be what you were talking about earlier if you're rh negative your body could produce antibodies which attack fetal red blood cells causing fetal anemia um but it can be prevented you just need to get a shot but they need to know if you need to get the shot i think my mom had to get that for faith or one of us like our blood types were incompatible good to know uh they also get a complete blood count which uh, counts your platelets and white blood cells in addition to showing if you have too little hemoglobin in your red blood, which is or red blood cells, which is a sign of anemia. In your red so, blood. Your red blood, as opposed to your other blood. Blue blood. <laughs> yeah. In your high society blood. <laughs> All right. Um, so there, there are some weird things that happen to you when you're pregnant too that I wanted to talk about. I I understand that like, like I'm not trying to, to scare anyone. I just there are things that have happened to me throughout the pregnancy where I'm like, the fuck does anyone talk about this? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you know, it's not anything that would have made me decide not to have a baby, but it's stuff where I'm like, it would have been nice to know that this could happen so that I didn't like freak out when it first happened and yeah. wonder if something was wrong. So yeah, to start off with, there is a thing that happens to pregnant people at random where they feel a shooting pain in the vagina. <laughs> like you're just walking along and it's like like something's going up or like it's it's like it's like a pain going up it's kind of like really intense menstrual cramps just happens for a few seconds this lightning crotch is this what you're telling me this is yeah this is what it's called and (laughs) i'm so annoyed i am so annoyed that it's called lightning crotch i feel like there should be a specific medical name for it or has left your vagina like (laughs) it's because it's so like I feel like the reason that we don't talk about as much is because it's called lightning crotch you know like we could come up with a name that doesn't sound vagina there you go (laughs) (laughs) I have Thor syndrome Uh, (laughs) but yeah so it's I've experienced this it's not fun it is not a sign of anything being wrong it's just a thing that happens we don't know why it just does but it is very off-putting when it happens to you like for the first few times and you're just like "Ah, ah, what is that I'm dying um it could they think it could be because of like the way the baby's sitting it could be pressing on certain nerves maybe Mm, but yeah basically we're not sure uh the next thing that I had never heard of um, it's actually pretty common because when I posted on Facebook about it like five people that I knew were immediately like oh I had that like it was yeah like it was something where like people were like oh yep yep that's normal I looked it up it was completely normal what it is is carpal tunnel oh, which yeah. seems like it would have nothing to do with pregnancy but what does as that we feel like it's so it's like you can get pain in your wrists and hands and numbness that goes throughout like your thumb and most of your fingers um so like if I don't well, usually I'll have some numbness in my hands when I wake up. Um, and weirdly, my carpal tunnel has actually gotten a little bit better over pregnancy, which I told my midwife and she was like, huh, that's weird. Usually it gets <laughs> worse. <laughs> but like, I couldn't knit for like two months, which for me, 
I know for some people they're like so what but like for me like I really like knitting I like to be doing something like if I'm watching tv which I've been doing a lot of recently I like to have an activity and uh knitting was usually the activity I did but I just couldn't because it was too painful um I would wake up with like my hands really stiff Mm. and kind of I, I don't know what arthritis feels like but like to me, it's kind of seems like what that sounds like, yeah. um, where you're like, your hands are very stiff. Um, there's like pain there. Your wrists can be stiff and painful. Um, and if you do too many repetitive motions, it could get numb. So you can't feel your hands. Fun. Super um, fun. <laughs> yeah. This affects approximately 4% of adults in the general population. Uh, but it's a lot more in pregnant people I looked up statistics but I looked at a bunch of sources and it's like anywhere between 25 and 62 percent of pregnant people which seems like very unreliable statistics it's quite a margin yeah and it's quite a margin I'm like I don't know how we're coming up with these stats but even if it's the low number even if it's 25 percent it's still a lot more than general population so I don't know why people don't talk about it um because it's not like it's a gross thing like it's, it's carpal tunnel yeah um but as we talked about in our last episode about pregnancy the uh your blood volume um mm-hmm. either doubles or nearly doubles when you're pregnant so that extra fluid along with like just retention of fluid which happens as well uh means that your median nerve in your wrist is getting a lot of pressure on it and mm. that's that's what's going on it's there's a little bit of swelling and pressure going on and that creates the numbness and tingling um there's not a whole lot you can do about it when you're pregnant unfortunately um you can use icy hat which i did a little bit or arnica um i've been wearing wrist braces on both wrists at night that does seem to help um although it takes a little bit of like tossing and turning to find a good comfortable position um, what I found, because I sleep with a, like a pregnancy pillow, which goes all around my body, <laughs> um, I need to like put one arm under the pillow and then one over, and then I can find a situation where like my hands don't get numb. Yeah. But uh, my midwife also suggested a vitamin B complex. I took that for a little bit, but it didn't seem to do anything except, except turn my pee an alarming shade of yellow. <laughs> so I just stopped taking it. Um, so yeah but it didn't seem to do that much for it and she she also didn't say that like this will really help you she's just like it might help so there's that um another thing that happened is leg cramps such as I have only experienced when I've been really dehydrated like when you get really seasick and you like everything up um basically if you haven't had these kind of cramps they're like when you if you're like if you're laying in bed and you go to stretch your legs and you're like oh the stretch is gonna feel really good and then suddenly it's like you're being stabbed in the leg with knives. oh yeah yeah yeah. whenever your oh. leg seizes up you can like feel yeah. the muscle like going like yeah it's so that used to happen to me when we would go to disney world and we'd be walking around all day and so i would be sleeping in a bed with my friend joe so she's like intimately aware of like she knows what happens with a Charlie horse because I wake up. I don't really wake up. I just like will have one in my sleep, but I'm going like she says. I'm like no, 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 and I'm like, mm. and then it's just and there's over. I'm you like, can do. like I just go yeah. right back to sleep. She goes, it's alarming, 
and the thing is it's never happened with Griffin <laughs> I don't know what it was about me in like high school and college but like has not happened since then it's, they suck they do they suck really bad and I and I didn't know they had anything to do with pregnancy uh but apparently it is a pretty common thing people again people don't really know why because it seems like with a lot of pregnancy things like we just don't know why it happens um they people say it could be because of a vitamin deficiency could be because you're not getting enough exercise or stretching enough your body swelling from fluid buildup center of gravity every week so yeah i i remember looking up some tips on how to deal with it and someone was like recommending stretching right after and i was like you've never had this kind of cramp i guarantee you it's not the same thing because if you're stretching like I can't stretch right after like I have to wait a little bit yeah. because it's too it hurts too much and some of them are so bad that they are like my calf will be sore the next day like somebody yeah. stabbed it yeah yeah that, that happens to me too I'll get that soreness and it sucks um the stretching I think that does help is like once the pain subsides you can stretch a little bit and like massage your calves mm-hmm. um you can take a hot bath either like afterwards or before you go to bed that might help relax your muscles or you can like do yoga before you go to bed and right. like get some nice stretching in your calves um, if someone's telling you to stretch right afterwards like I can't imagine doing that uh, yeah that would yeah. hurt way too much you're incorrect so my question is what is the difference between prenatal yoga and regular yoga if there is one uh, there are certain positions that can be, I, okay. I'm not a yoga practitioner, so I don't specifically, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but, um, I, I believe what it is, is that some of the positions are harder to do when you're pregnant or they'll put stress on certain parts of your body that just aren't helpful. Uh, generally the pregnancy yoga that I've done is, a little gentler there's usually a few more modifications that they'll yeah. offer like because usually like a good yoga teacher will, will say like if you can't do it this way you can do it this way like use a bolster use a pillow use a block whatever all that kind of stuff um so yeah it's, it could be a little bit gentler in some ways um there's certain things that are just harder for pregnant women to do like leaning forward for a long time or oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> or like uh like I don't think that a lot of the positions encourage you to like stand on one foot so if you do like the standing pigeon pose which I used to do all the time before I was pregnant I probably wouldn't do that now because I'd be too unstable right um so there's just stuff like that there's also certain positions that can be helpful because you get sore in different ways so right I mean I I think it's kind of similar to like if you had an injury and you want to do yoga specifically to help with that injury and to not stress it in a way that would hurt it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's kind of similar to that. Gotcha. Uh, the, uh, the last thing that I found, <laughs> the last thing I found, and I'm, I'm really sad. I didn't write any of these down, but the, um, it was pregnancy dreams I've had have been intense, like way more vivid, um, like I've always had pretty vivid dreams, but they get more so in pregnancy and I had like a lot of them. Uh, I think this is also partially due to the fact that I wasn't using anything for sleep. Like, so, cause some of the stuff you use for sleep will yeah. just make you not wake up as much. And so you won't remember as many dreams. Um, typically dreaming, uh, tends to happen 
during the rapid eye, eye movement or REM sleep, um, which is the end of a sleep cycle, you usually do experience like enough REM cycles that you could be dreaming a lot. But if you're pregnant and you're uncomfortable and you have to keep tossing and turning, moving around, trying to get um, a good position, like I will toss and turn throughout the night because I, I sleep on my side because you can't sleep on your back when you're pregnant and you right. want to sleep on your stomach. Um, <laughs> but uh, I will toss and turn from my left to my right side, back again, all that, because uh, my hip will get sore if I'm Aww. on one side for too long. And so I just have to like, like once my hip gets sore, I switch over to the other side and like my hips are fine right now. So like it does go away, but it's, yeah, it's just if you're on one side for a long time, you're going to end up with a sore hip. Yeah. So. Uh, but anyway, so you uh, toss and turn a lot, which uh, usually you'll wake up. Also, you have to wake up to pee a lot. So you're just more likely to wake up during REM sleep. So you'll have a lot more dream recall. Also, pregnancy is sort of stressful. I don't know if anyone knows that. When I say sort of, it can be very, very stressful. Luckily for me, it hasn't been like horrible. Yeah. Um, it's been okay. <laughs> but uh it does change your hormones, your, you know, could be more of a roller coaster of emotions, et cetera, all that stuff. Um, so you could just end up having a lot of stress dreams. Um, cool. But I would say if you're pregnant, you can probably count on having more dreams, remembering more dreams, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Cool. So that's there. Um, one thing, and this isn't a weird thing or thing that people don't know about, but just FYI, when you're pregnant, I've noticed that if you give people half a chance, they'll judge you for anything. So uh, just oh, yeah. be aware that's going to happen. I don't have a lot of people in my life who are who feel free to judge me, at least out loud, <laughs> luckily. Um, also, since it's pandemic times, we haven't been like out and around a lot of people. Right. But, uh, but I've seen, I've been engaging with a lot of pregnancy content online, especially. So I've seen a lot of that. Um, so just if you're, if you're pregnant, avoid people who want to tell you everything that you're doing wrong. Understand that people make all kinds of different decisions. If it's right for you, it's mm -hmm. probably okay. And yeah. It's easy to tell people not to stress out, but it's not easy to not stress out. So if you are stressed, yeah, it, it's yeah. I've That's learned a lot from pregnancy from you and our doula friend and like just talking to moms and stuff, but also there's a YouTuber I follow um, who had a baby and had a very hard and stressful pregnancy. It was like, I'm never getting pregnant again. I'm not doing this again. And then she did like two years later, mm -hmm. but miscarried and was like, okay, like I can, I could be pregnant again. And then she ended up pregnant with twins. And, <laughs> uh, but the twins came eight weeks early. So they were born at oh, like, stressful. yeah. So they were in the NICU for a long, long time. But what she said recently in one of her videos was everyone is going to tell you, you have to get this product. You have to do this thing. And like mm -hmm. this, that, and the other thing. And she goes, I have twins and they're two separate babies who need different things. Don't listen to anybody else. Do what's right for your baby. You know, like what's right for you and your family and all this stuff. So like, just don't leave moms alone. Like you're probably coming from a good place, but like, unless they're explicitly asking, don't give them unsolicited advice or be like, or what, 
Eliza was saying in her live the other day where she was like, don't tell me how hard it is it's going to be once I have a baby. Like, yeah. she was saying that people were being like, oh, just you wait. Like, your life is going to change. It's going to be you're terrible. Gonna be so, you think you're tired now. Yeah. And it's like, why you got to be a bully? <laughs> yeah. Leave moms alone. Leave parents alone. Just let people It's live. like, no, I don't think I'm tired now. I am tired now. I might be more tired when I have an infant. Sure. Absolutely. Right. But you don't need to fucking tell me about it. I understand that infants don't sleep for long periods of time. You guys are literally in your third trimester, like the end of your third trimester. You are allowed to be tired. Like why are people gatekeeping who is allowed to be tired and who isn't? Yeah. <sighs> and also like, I know you're about to be a parent and I know you don't really, you're not this kind of person, but. But parents is, who uh, say that you don't understand not, what it's like to be tired unless you're a parent. Yes. Is that what you're and it's say? like, cause yeah. you don't have kids. You don't know what it's like to be tired. And I'm like, well, I did sail on tall ships. So I do know what it's like. I went through the Welland Canal three times. I think I know what it's like to be tired. <laughs> Just stop. Don't gatekeep people's feelings <laughs> in what they're yeah. allowed to say about how they feel. You're not the expert in everybody's experience. Honestly, you can do so many things and end up being like wrong. Like, like for example, um, being medicated or unmedicated for your birth. Like you can get shit on for either one. It literally does not matter. If you, if you get an epidural, like you'll have people telling you like, oh, but you're like missing out on the experience of it. You know, like whatever. It's like, (laughs) no, you're still going through the experience. You're just choosing to not have as much pain you're choosing a thing that you're more comfortable with that's fine um but then also on the flip side of it if you have the audacity to say out loud that you didn't use painkillers you might have people being like oh what do you want a prize yeah (laughs) there's people who are just rude about everything for no fucking reason Krista Bell was in an interview and she was pregnant and she was like I'm having like reverse body dysmorphia where like I see my shape and I understand it by look in the mirror and I see Brooke Shields. <laughs> but she was talking about uh Ellen was like, are you, are you gonna like do a natural birth? Like, are you gonna use medication? She goes, I got nothing to prove. Like, give me an epidural. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Um yeah. yeah. And then people being like, well, you know, breast isn't always best. And like if oh. you formula, like then they're not actually fed all the way. And it's like, you know what, baby is best? A fed one. We will talk about that. So, so our next, our next episode is going to be about, it's honestly, it's mostly going to be a pretty happy episode and I'm going to (laughs) try to keep my rant about feeding pretty short. Um, But it's mostly going to be an episode about how to get uh, free stuff during pregnancy. One of those free things is is a pump. If you are planning to uh, nurse chest feed, whatever you want to call it. Um, (laughs) I'm trying to get away from saying breastfeeding just because uh, like a non-binary person might not like want to talk about their breasts yeah or sorry, might, not want, might not want to talk about their chest as breasts so I usually right. use the term nursing um so yeah but anyway we'll talk about that one later let's end this one here okay because I think we're at a good point and also yeah and also my my rant about feeding fits in with the next episode so <laughs> we'll do that um, stay tuned <laughs> Uh, yeah, stay tuned for episode three about pregnancy. And as always, I am Rosie and facts matter. I'm hoping now that you know better, be better and don't fucking tell moms what to do. Bye. <laughs>